Hello and welcome to Grad's Jobs Live, a slight variation on Games Jobs Live. If you don't know me, I'm Colin McDonald. I've been in the games industry for about 30 years, 31 years, something ridiculous like that. Going back to 8-bit um, computer days, making games in a bedroom, to being producer on the early Grand Theft Auto games, to being games commissioner at Channel 4 TV. Um, so if you were a fan of the Hollyoaks game or the Snowman game, then that's my fault as well. Um, for everyone joining us for the first time today, the whole point of these events is to make it as easy as possible for brilliant studios to connect with fantastic talent and get as many people into jobs in the games industry, whether that's the first time, which will be mostly the case today, or people are already in the industry looking to make their move. Um, I know with today being the focus on graduate positions, a lot of people are looking for their first job. But if you're already working, whether it's already in games or in another industry, hopefully there'll still be plenty for you to enjoy and to learn from and find useful. If you have been to one of the Games Jobs Lives event before, you might have noticed something a little different this time with the countdown music. We now have our own Games Jobs Live theme music. How cool is that? It was composed and recorded by Bila Irdush, who attended events in the past and kindly offered to do something a little bit different, something that feels in-fitting with the, the, the games industry's variety of different genres um, and styles of music. So throughout that track that you, you heard over the countdown, you heard them progress through chip, through chip tune, through jazzy rock, through orchestral, through classical, a brilliant track. Thank you very much, Bila. Um, I'll bring up your address on screen if anyone wants to get in touch. Um, and I'm sure it won't take long for someone in the games industry to snap you up and let's start hearing some of that amazing music in games. On to the event today. Um, in order to squeeze everyone in, each company, as usual, only has a few minutes to present themselves. Um, but that will hopefully give you enough to get a decent flavour of them. And then you can chat to everyone in the Discord and drill down on um, the specifics to you. So to get into the Discord, um, the address you want to get to is discord.gamesjobs.live. Let me just bring that up to scroll along the bottom of the screen throughout the event. So in a browser, punch in discord.gamesjobs.live. If you registered for the event, you'll have an email with the, the direct Discord link as well. But get along to that, sign into the, the Discord, and what you'll see is various general channels, etc. Feel free to chat in there. You'll see a channel for each of the companies that are presenting today. So they all have people in there ready to answer your direct questions. So get on there and get chatting. If you do have any questions that you'd like me to put to the companies while they're live in the stream, then post them into the live stream questions channel, please. Keep that clear of anything um, that you want to ask directly yourself, but stick stuff in there and I'll keep an eye on that and ask some of them to the, the, the presenters from each company as we go through. 
Um, as I said, all of the companies have someone in the Discord in their relevant channel, so do get chatting to them. The people from the company should be highlighted in green. They should have a company role to let you know that they're official. Um, if anyone else contacts you saying they're from a company or if anyone asks you for personal details, even if it's from a company, don't give out personal details. Basically, the point of this event is to, to let you know and ask more about the companies, but the onus is then on you to apply directly. So you'll get an email at the end of the event with the, the web pages of all the different um, uh, uh, recruiting pages from the different companies, um, and you can just apply directly there. Um, so just follow up directly with the companies and don't give them any personal details. Um, I'm just seeing my screen has gone blank, so I don't know whether everyone else can still see me or not. Um, but um, I'll continue anyway in the hope everything's okay. This is the joy of live events. Things go wrong um, because every time it's a little bit different. But game development is no different. Nothing goes completely smoothly, but that's part of the fun. You never know quite what to expect. So if you are enjoying this event, please do like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, and although we don't have another event scheduled just yet after this, you want to check out our website, which is www.gamesjobs.live. We'll post up details there of the next events when we get them scheduled. But meantime, we've got a ton of other resources up there. We've got an interactive jobs map. We have um, the jobs board. We've got different articles about the different regions around the UK of game development, a little bit about their history and who the, the main employers in each area are. So do do get on and check out the website. Um, and thanks to everyone today that has firstly given up the time to present in, in the event, but also who's helped promote it. Um, so in particular, thanks to the companies that we've got presenting today. So that's Blazing Griffin, Shark Mob, Creative Assembly, Rivet Games, Universally Speaking, and Into Games. Hopefully I've not missed anyone. Um, they're all busy people. So thank you very much for taking time out to come along and chat today. So let's get started and let's start hearing from the companies. We're going to kick off today with a company that's not a million miles away from me. They're over in Glasgow. They were founded about 10 years ago, I think. They saw early success with the ship and have since developed a number of other games. And I think in recent years have focused on social deduction games. And that's before most of us had even heard of Among Us. They're particularly unusual in that they're not just a game studio, but they're a film and post-production house as well. But let's hear more from them directly. So I'm delighted to say that today we have their creative designer, Mr. Pete Lowe. Pete, hello. How hello. are you doing? Hi, Colin. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, hey, everybody. Um, my name is Pete Lowe, and I am the creative designer at Blazing Griffin, where I've been for five years now. Um, and I've brought a little PowerPoint uh, to share with everybody. So thank you, Colin, yep, for sharing that. Um, so firstly, as Colin mentioned, like, who, who are we? Firstly, we are um, made up of actually three different companies. So there's our game studio, there's the film and TV production and post-production facility, which is actually quite unique for a relatively small indie company um, to be involved with three different industries that have crossover potential 
which is actually really one of the most exciting aspects uh, of working at Blazing Griffin, as we're really focused on storytelling in all of these forms, with the potential for transmedia projects sort of being a really long-term goal for us. Um, some of the various projects and content that we've worked on over the years that Colin mentioned, some you've probably heard of, some maybe not. Pictures, feature-length films, and in the Apocalypse, uh, Book of Love, which was released pretty recently, uh, and Dear David, which is an upcoming release. Um, Post-production has worked on TV series like Outlander and His Dark Materials and some of our games. Um, Murder Mystery Machine, which was on Apple Arcade, um, and we've actually ported it over to Tilt 5 for anyone who knows what that is. It's sort of an AR. Um, and we have Murderous Pursuits, the ship, uh, and most recently, Agatha Christie's uh, Hercule Poirot, the first cases. Um, we're a full-service multi-platform development studio. We have worked with and continue to work with major publishers um, in the industry uh, and IP holders. So, oops, I just skipped a slide. Let me go back. There we go. Um, some of our work. So really, um, you know, our current focus is on creating engaging narratives uh, and immersive environments that support those stories, um, as well as different types of social experiences. Um, as Colin mentioned, we're based in Glasgow. We're at the schoolhouse on Portman Street um, in Kenning Park, which is, uh, well, there's actually a lot going on. We've got a rooftop patio where various events that were invited to take place. Uh, the climbing academy is just across the street from us, which some people like to um, go to at lunch hours. Uh, there's even a trampoline place nearby, but nobody goes there because it's it's too dangerous. Um, the studio is open, everyone's back, uh, but we do have a lot of remote workers now, as many people do, and we continue to hire remotely when you know they're the right candidates. Um, so, you know, Blazing Griffin is in a bit of a growth phase right now. And so we are looking for standout graduates uh, in code, art, and design. Really, we're looking for people, you know, to show your passion, uh, your activity inside or outside your school program, whether it's through group projects, participating in game jams, creating mods or personal side projects. We, we really value versatility and a willingness to learn as we do work on a really wide variety of projects and platforms. Um, and I think it's important for you to know really what Blazing Griffin's values are, because um, it really forms the culture of our studio. So we're very community focused. We work with each other for each other. We grow and develop as a team with a common goal of empathy and respect. Um, we look for people that have impact, so we are very professional, but we're proactive, skillful, and have a creative approach to problem solving. Um, we're very bold and aspirational. Uh, we're constantly looking to improve what we do. We love trying new things, taking risks when they're needed uh, to find innovative ways of working, and we have a very inclusive environment. Um, we're as diverse as our stories are. We believe that, and we act on it, and we are enriched by that. And that's my presentation. 
Brilliant. Thank you very much, Pete. Um, we'll just take your presentation down, actually. So we've got time for some questions. Um, it's always it's always a, um, a challenge getting questions kicked off. Everyone's very shy to start with, but we'll get the questions coming in. But one, one of the questions that I thought was really interesting that we've never seen before that has already come up. So Andrew um, Littiller, uh, apologies if I mispronounced your name, um, but they're saying um, they, they are a graduate, but maybe not a recent graduate. Um, they've maybe not been in work or they've been in a different type of work, but they're, they're still interested in applying for graduate positions. Uh, and it's just dawned on me, I've never really had this question before. You know, at what point, you know, can, can someone... When are you no you longer know, a graduate? <laughs> yeah. Um, can, can they still apply for graduate positions? I mean, it's, it's more about the, ex the, the experience and their expectations, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, a lot of it does come down to your portfolio. And, and I suppose, you know, you're a graduate if you've gone to a school and you've filled your portfolio with a lot of the work that you've done at school. But we're also interested in the stuff that you've been doing outside of work. So, you know, I guess so it is a good question um, for us to graduate, you know, would obviously mean that you've fulfilled your, uh, you know, your roles within school, you've managed to complete your program. So you have that you know, degree in your pocket, but at the same time, you might have all these other things. So, um, you know, once you've maybe worked with another company or have some professional work behind you, you're no longer considered just a graduate or recent graduate. Um, I think that's how I would look at it. No, that's fair enough. Perfect. Um, another interesting question um, from Phil and Kelly Smith saying, strong art design seems to be a cornerstone of your projects. Would you generally be looking for applicants in other disciplines to have good visual design sensibilities? Um, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, that, that's one of the things that I, you know, had mentioned is versatility is quite an important um, uh, virtue, I suppose, to have, uh, especially in our company, but just in the industry as a whole, um, you know, really understanding the other disciplines and aspects of it it's only going to help yeah not oh, fair enough um and then uh flippings i think it is is asking what what sort of things um would impress you in a, a portfolio what, what would you recommend people to to show off the most or to, or to hide away well again i think for me personally i think for us it's really about showing your passions um and you know it really does come from extracurricular work that you're doing um just you know really putting in and kind of showing that effort um also how well you work with others like particularly working in a team environment is very important in this industry so being able to sort of show you know how you've worked with others um yeah those are you know those are kind of the key things in portfolios i think it's also important to talk about you know if you've been given an interview if you manage to get to an interview process how important it is you know to present all of that you know again in person i think that's one of the things that um we we often find people tend to struggle with they get nervous there's there's lots of things that can happen in an interview but it's amazingly important um because a studio really at that point is sort of looking for a good cultural fit as well and so they they really need to get to know the person and uh so you know having some um experience even if it's just practicing with friends or doing it at school uh putting yourself in a sort of interview type environment is also really uh, quite an important thing to do 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a practice makes perfect thing. So yeah, get get people to look at your, your CV, your portfolio, do practice interviews. All, all of that's going to pay off in, in spades, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, someone was asking about Game Engine. Who was that? Um, Redonnell, I think, was saying, do you have your own Game Engine or do you work on um, Unreal Unity? Predominantly Unity at the moment, um, but Unreal is always just sort of uh, uh, an interest of ours. But right now, all of our games are being done in Unity. Yeah. Okay. Um, and oh, there's a, a flood of questions. This is brilliant. Um, uh, so Cheesy126 is saying they're an aspiring game designer. When something says two, um, a post requires two to three years of experience, does does that need to be professional experience or, you know, can something else count? Can they have done stuff as a hobby? Can they have done mods? Can they have done stuff um, in, in other ways other than two to three years working full time permanently in industry? Yeah, personally speaking, I, I mean, two to three years experience, this can be, you know, different companies are going to look at this different ways. I personally think that two to three years experience, it's important to have, again, working with teams experience, working with other people, it's really important to know how well you work with others. So that does sort of come from, you know, having a bit of experience in a company. However, um, again, I, I feel like your portfolio, if it's, if you're doing a lot of extracurricular work and you have a lot of mods and a lot of really interesting things to look at that still counts it shows that you're being active you know over that period of time um and i still think it's i still think it counts <laughs> yeah I, 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 absolutely yeah um i said link to that so pulse is asking um going off the idea of showing passion and also talking about what you're there um they're asking would you recommend putting game jams on your your portfolio sounds like Definitely. you would yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think game jams. Honestly, I think game jams are one of the best ways for people to get experience and and interesting projects on their portfolios. I would highly recommend it. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then um, we've just got time for one or two more quick questions. We've got Crest saying they specialize in environmental design. Um, would it would it benefit them to have a broad range of different um, genres of environments to show off their ability, or should they just focus on the one they think they're best at? Well, I mean, I suppose there, there could be a bit of a strategy to that, depending on the companies that you're applying to. So, if you're looking at, you know, any any of the companies today, for example, you can go onto the websites and get a sense for the types of projects they've worked on or are currently working on, and might have an interest in. And therefore, the kind of work that you present in your portfolio, you might want to present, you know. Bit more specifically to what they're doing um i think that's one strategy another one is to also show you know i have a very wide you know range of of skills so i think you could kind of potentially do both um but i think it is a i think it is a good idea to look at the company you're applying for and you know you know make it specific to them like you're putting a cover letter in you know you're talking to that company specifically and why you're interested in that company you could also in your portfolio say well look i also you know can do these sorts of things that i see that you're interested in and you're doing um as well as these others yeah absolutely um we'll um just take one more one more question and we'll have to move on um but one that is um maybe not an immediate fit for your 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 discipline but 
um, there's a programmer, The Laughing Scott, saying Recent Games Dev graduate, I'm, I'm wondering what stands out to you when looking for programmers because it always feels hard to show programming skills in comparison to more flashy aspects. Now, I appreciate you're, you, you may not be looking at the portfolio CVs that come in, but you probably have a really good perspective um, on, on what sort of things would stand out most. <sighs> Um, it is a tougher question for me to answer, to be honest. And I think, like, I would focus on the, the person. Um, you know, I would obviously trust others to to be able to look at the code and and see that you're capable or that you've had experience within the engines. I think ultimately that's for us what it comes down to is the more experience you've had within an engine and your comfort level with that, the better. Um, for me personally, it's about the personality and the person and how well they're going to fit within a team environment and the particular team that they're they're going to be working in. Um, and a lot of that comes down to your process and just your ability to communicate. Um, so again, that would sort of come through with the interview, you know, how well that goes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pete, we're going to have to, to leave you, but we'll, you've yeah. answered a ton of different questions. That's been <laughs> super useful. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. you're, you're on the Discord, aren't you? Yes, I am. Brilliant. Okay, so if um, I've not been able to get to your question, um, or if you just have a more uh, specific question unique to your own circumstances, do get on the, the Discord, chat to, to Pete. I don't know if there's anyone else from Blazing Griffin on, but there's people from all the different companies on. Um, but Pete's certainly on there. If you're not already on, get along to the Discord at discord.gamesjobs.live. That's discord.gamesjobs.live. Sign in, get onto the Blazing Griffin channel um, and ask away to your heart's content. And if you like what you hear, get applying. They've got a, a bunch of great jobs that they're looking for fantastic people for. Pete, thank you very much. Thank you, Colin. All right, cheers, cheers everybody. Bye for now. Okay, um, so we still have a bunch of great companies to come. We have, um, who have we got? We've got Shark Mall, we've got Creative Assembly, we've got Universally Speaking, we have got Rivet Games, and we have got Into Games. So do stick around for all of that. Um, I saw a couple of people asking about the recording of this. This will stay up on YouTube, so you can re-watch bits of this or share it with, um, with any friends or colleagues that you think would find it useful as well. Um, because there will be a bunch of great advice throughout the whole thing. Make sure you're on the Discord, though. We always need to keep reiterating that early on um, and get your questions in for me to put to um, the speakers as well as just for you to follow up directly. However, moving on to our next company. Um, this company was formed way back in 1987 and I've been a long-standing supporter of Games Jobs Live the last year or two. As Even though they're now up to about 800 people, I believe, they're still growing at their base in Horsham, um, just south of London, between London and the, and the south coast. Many people know them best for their epic Total War series of games, um, although they keep teasing me with the prospect of something completely new as well because they know I'm a, I was a massive Alien Isolation fan. So let's see what we can find out. Um, joining us today is the Director of Live Operations, Alex Ream. Alex, hello. Hi. Hey, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure to meet you guys. Hello, Colin. Great. I'll leave everyone in your capable hands, Alex. 
fantastic. I've got a small presentation prepared today. I've got a little video for us. And uh, yeah, let's get started. So as Colin already mentioned, my name is Alex. I'm Director of Live Operations at Creative Assembly. What that means is I look after the live publishing delivery of our games into an online space, supporting teams across CA on titles and development right now, and focus on delivering great experiences to our players taking their feedback and experiences, taking their data um, on gameplay data, learning what works, what doesn't work, and how we can deliver and improve our games to provide the, the best experience possible, really. Uh, so I'll talk a bit about, about who I am, what we do, uh, what's like being a studio, our games, and what we do, our people, about our roles, our benefits and offering, and then also obviously answer any questions you may have for us as well. Please note, as uh, uh, already mentioned, we have a Discord available, uh, and uh, many of my team are joining us today to, to answer any questions you may have if you want to jump on there later as well. So as uh, Colin already mentioned, we've been focused or located about 30 years ago. Uh, and we're best known for running the, the Total War series, which has sold over 20 million copies, uh, even more than that so far. Uh, we launched Total War Warhammer 3 the, earlier in the year uh, to, a, to a lot of positive acclaim. And we've also grown as a developer for premium console titles. So obviously, as you guys know, in isolation, launched in 2014, it was a really fantastic title. We delivered Halo Wars 2 with uh, 343 Industries a while back. And we're also in full development now of a brand new game, uh, which should be hopefully enjoying people as well. Uh, we currently employ over 800 employees uh, representing 46 different nationalities. Uh, of that, we had about 200 new team members join last year alone, which is fantastic growth for us as well, obviously. Uh, we're working across four different studios. Uh, we have three of them in the UK in Horsham and one in Bulgaria. And we also have a separate motion capture facility, which is gorgeous and really fun to work with and play with. Uh, we have won the uh, Games Industry Best Place to Work Award five years in a row, which is obviously a fantastic thing for any company to achieve that. And our studio director has been uh, achieving his UK's Best Boss for the second time as well, which is great. The way Creative Assembly works is we are broken up into two different teams or two different distinctive game teams, really. Everything around kind of Total War and their kind of projects behind that. Then everything kind of the FPS and the IP teams working on, on, on the console side more. And, and that really works well for the studio because we cross-pollinate, we understand what each other doing, but we're also focusing on our kind of core strength behind that as well. Uh, we have won a lot of awards, obviously, in our lifetime, uh, ranging from BAFTAs to Players' Choice Awards and Game of the Year Awards. And, and we believe this is because we're dedicated to not only delivering the best experiences that we can to our players, but also, despite us being so big, we support our teams and our designers, our developers, our programmers, and everybody in, in giving them the freedom to really make great games happen, which is obviously important for us to, to, to grow and for our games to grow and for people to grow, really. I'm going to just queue up a little video for us to show. Uh, I'm hoping that will start shortly.
Thank you very much. So that's us, basically. I hope it was quite interesting to see. Um, so in terms of job roles in a creative assembly, so uh, we can summarize kind of our roles into kind of 14 kind of key different areas, ranging from animation to art to design to programming, DevOps, anything between those ones as well. And as the industry evolves into different areas across the world, we will obviously also increase those numbers of 14 to, to many, many more, obviously, as well. Um, we... I thought I should quickly share kind of what kind of roles we currently employ, but also what we're looking for throughout the years as well. It's going to be really clear behind this one. Most of these cover art design areas, animation and programming, but we also have roles across all production level jobs as well. And please note, uh, we still have a few training programs that are open at the moment for C++ programmers. So if you want to know more about this, please jump into Discord and we can answer any questions you may have from this one as well. Obviously, that list doesn't include uh, QA, IT, HR, operations, marketing, brand, or other areas of the business. Uh, but you get the idea of kind of what breadth we're looking in for and what we're kind of really kind of looking to fill and what kind of people we're employing there. Uh, talk about benefits for a second. Uh, probably quite important topic for, for graduates and viewers of this. Um, we provide a number of them, obviously, which are really good for us. I'm going to pick out a couple of them because you can read them on the screen yourself. The ones that really spoke to me when I joined a few years ago was about kind of having this kind of personalized career and development plan and training to support you in whatever role you are, no matter how high, no matter how new you are, we will support you and we'll provide something for you longer term as well. Uh, we provide health, dental, and pension options for you and your family, which is really cool. I'm a dad of a two-year-old, and I can tell you that it's really good to have uh, um, uh, health and dental for him as well, obviously. Uh, we get discounts for retailers, restaurants, and tech suppliers in the area. We have in-studio wellness programs, and we offer an, a range of remote, hybrid, and in-studio work opportunities for everybody who's joining us as well, which is really, really great. Uh, finally, how can you get more about us and learn more about us, obviously, as well? We have our own website, as you know, and in there we have a section called the Creative Chronicles, which focus on different areas of game development. And previous editions of this one included art, programming, audio, anything between. So it's really nice as a nice resource to learn more about us, how you can do stuff, how you can improve yourself, how you can apply for jobs as well. Uh, you can also view our masterclasses and dev talk video series on YouTube. There's interviews, advice, expert knowledge, insight, experience, and culture, which is great. Uh, on Twitter, we post all these news and roles. And finally, our R station page to kind of see what kind of uh, style of work we have, kind of design we're doing, and what kind of standard of art we're normally doing as well. And there's also some previously not seen concept art in there hidden somewhere as well. And today, of course, also on Discord. So please get in touch uh, and we'll answer what we can. Brilliant. Wow. A ton of information, a ton of ton of opportunity there for everyone. That's great, great to, Definitely. to see. Yeah. Fantastic. No, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of the company. So it's, I'm, I'm, I'm desperate to hear more people get in and, uh, and increase my chances of getting freebies every time I get a <laughs> cool new game. So hope, hopefully that'll happen. Brilliant. Um, various questions. There was actually one that came up last time that I thought would be better place to, to put to you. Um, I don't see it, but from memory, I think the, the, the person was, uh, Bat Manuel was basically asking by graduate when when people say they've got a graduate position is that open to college graduates or just university graduates it's open to any graduate 
So you can by all means apply um, and do as you would apply for any kind of job like this as well. And during the interview process, you can talk about kind of where you're coming from, what you do and what kind of graduate, as you mentioned, you are. So, so by all means do that. It doesn't stop us from interviewing you at all. We want to know more about you and we really want to kind of meet talent. Perfect. Great. Um, th there's a, it looks like a full on discussion going on in the discord at the moment about um, in, in terms of people submitting their portfolio, whether to submit um, execu executables and something that's interactive that, 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 that people at the studios can play with or to make life easier for them and just submit a, a video um, or screenshots or something. What, what would be your advice on that? Good question. So as, as a director, I kind of see a, a number of different types of roles coming through us, obviously. So it's a bit of a question for me. For me, it's about kind of what makes you stand out in that field that you're applying for. If you're an artist, for example, we very much care about your portfolio and kind of showing your working kind of from, from concept to the final product, what your thinking process was. Talk about during the interview, obviously. Programmers, we care more about code. Uh, uh, for designers, we care about mix, whether it's kind of concept ideas or, or you mentioned, for example, demos. Anything really works. And and I think the, the kind of benefit you have is, especially in Discord right now, ask about this because depending on kind of the type of role you're looking for, we might we have somebody in Discord kind of answering questions before this. Personally, for me, I'm more of a visual kind of guy and I care a bit more kind of kind of what you do and, and how you got to that now you can present that during your interview process as well to make sure you can talk about yourself and what you've what you've achieved and also where you struggled so we can help kind of train that with you as well obviously and then really kind of make sure also that we understand whether you're the right fit for the role uh, culturally and um, uh, engagement and everything like that perfect great good advice um there was someone asking about testing roles um here we go falco mickey is basically just asking what what do you think would help someone stand out when applying for a junior QA tester role? They've been doing various bits of sort of volunteer QA testing. Um, should they do more of that? Is there anything else they should they should be thinking about adding to their portfolio? Yeah, I think it's important for us to make sure we have got a clear understanding of the level of detail you would go into when you do testing. So, um, for example, if you do functional testing or, or, or black box testing or anything like that, if you can prove you've thought about what the output needs to be and what the input was. If you think about kind of what the what the level of detail was you got into in your reporting, for example, afterwards, that's really important for us as well. If, if you say, I just clicked on a couple of buttons and something happened and I reported that, maybe not the right fit. If it's kind of explaining kind of what you did, why you did, and how you kind of got into that result, that's a much, much more engaging thing and much, much more conversation. Perfect, thanks. Um, Alec, your, your microphone's cutting out occasionally. I've tried to- I do apologize. Just, uh, I, I don't know if it's you or the internet in general, but I've boosted the volume on it. Um, but but um, yeah, hopefully um, uh, that'll be it okay now. Um, what else have we got? There's um, obvious questions about remote working, just uh, you know, how, how does it work in practice at, at CA? That's a good question. So um, we offer, as I mentioned in my presentation, we offer three different kind of rates or uh, opportunities right now, fully remote, a hybrid model, and then completely in-studio uh, um, a role or opportunities for you and for existing staff, obviously, as well. And um, the honest answer is it depends. Um, there's obviously a need for, for your team to collaborate in the best possible way. There's obviously a need for you and the, the people you interact with to collaborate in the best possible way. And there's also something that has to work for the, the project itself. 
Now, um, we're currently working on this more of a hybrid trial for, for the majority of teams and, and individuals because we see that working quite well for some. Not everybody, but it, it does work for some, especially when the project is towards an end of a milestone, for example, or towards a particular kind of goal, for example. It makes much more sense to be in that kind of position of doing that. Again, that doesn't apply to everyone. It doesn't work for everyone either. We recognize that as internally as well as with new candidates as well, and we will work with you. So during the interview process, uh, during the, the stages of kind of going through from stage one to, to stage two, whatever the length might be for a particular role, obviously. Um, we will discuss that with you. And and it doesn't mean it's going to stick like this forever. So there's definitely opportunity to kind of say, I want to start remote first, see how I like it, then realize actually it doesn't work for me. I want to come in maybe once or twice a week. Right. Uh, work with your lead on that, with your manager, and we'll, we'll work with you on that. Perfect. Great. Um, we're almost out of time, but let's just do one more question. Um, oh, there, there's an interesting one, given the the, the, the scale and the number of opportunities um, at Creative Assembly. So uh, Gregoire is basically um, asking about the career support you mentioned about the potential for moving between um, disciplines like programming and, and, and design. I mean, from a, a practical point of view, how how does that actually happen or how how often is there that sort of opportunity for someone to you know come in to CA in one role but but transition to a different discipline over time so we had quite a few over the last couple of years I mean I've only been here for two years myself so I can only speak what kind of the, the, the area I've been in but but yeah we've had quite a few where this has happened where they started for example a junior QA person and then moved up into say, sound design or own art or anything like that, or even programming, that's certainly possible as well. When you move roles, it's always a conversation to be had with your respective lead and also the team and their lead to kind of make sure everything's covered and kind of work out these things. Because there's always a consideration for your current project and what it is at the moment and how we can either exchange or backfill or support that kind of thing as well. We will never say no. We will always work with you and deliver as well. And and yeah, we've had plenty of kind of opportunities with saying we had a junior QA is now a QA manager, a junior QA starting as a as programmer. So it's it, there's definitely opportunity to kind of grow within that. And as part of the interview process, as I mentioned earlier, if you say what your weaknesses are and you work with us on that, we can work on a improving those weaknesses to make them to strength, but we also understand where you could be in in X years' time, for example, gradually into that kind of area going forward. Brilliant. Alex, we'd, we'd better let you go, um, but I know you and a, a whole bunch of Creative Assembly folk are on the on the Discord, um, so uh, look forward to seeing some of the answers um, that you're giving to everyone to, to follow up directly with you there. So once again, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you as well. See you guys later. Thanks. Brilliant. Okay. Wow. We're getting a ton of great advice from our speakers today. So do make sure you follow up with everyone on the Discord. If you're not already on, the address is scrolling along the bottom of the screen, discord.gamesjobs.live. Punch that into a browser and it will take you direct to our Discord. Follow up directly with the companies. The people from each company are in green. Um, there's a whole host of them from Creative Assembly that you'll see uh, representing a whole bunch of different disciplines. So you'll find someone there that can um, answer whatever questions you have, I am sure. Um, still to come, we have, um, who do we have? We have Shark Mob, Universally Speaking, Rivet Games, and Into Games. Um, 
So next up, I am very pleased to welcome some of our friends from Into Games. Into Games is a non-profit that supports people on their journey into and through the games industry. So I'd like to welcome Brandon Cole, who is their Director of Partnerships and Development. Brandon. Hello there, Colin, my friend. How's it going? Not too bad, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, anytime, anytime. Excellent. I will take you up on that. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I'll just I'll just leave everyone in your in your hands for five minutes, if that's okay. Yeah, sounds great. Look forward to catching up in a second. Hello there, folks. Hope everyone's well. Um, as Colin's already wonderfully introduced me, I am Brandon. I'm the head of partnerships and development over at Into Games. Um, if you don't know us already, we are a nonprofit that exists really to bridge the gap between education and the games industry for people across all steps of their career ladder and also into the games industry as well. Um, I'm here today, as you'll be able to see hopefully from my screen, uh, to talk about the InterGames Career Festival. Um, this is our annual careers festival that takes place every summer. And uh, this year it will be taking place from the 22nd to the 24th of June, so in about two weeks' time. Um, and I just wanted to talk you through a little bit of what's going to be happening, how you can get involved, as well as a couple other programs that we have running as well that might interest you guys. So as you will imagine from the work that we do, the Careers Festival really is all about helping people learn everything that they need to know to land their first job in the games industry. That includes talks, workshops, panels, as well as a load of opportunities to get your portfolio reviewed, to speak directly to developers and studios, and find out exactly what it is that they're looking for in a great first hire. So just thought I'd talk you through a little bit of the schedule. This is on our Intergames Eventbrite, which I'll share on the Discord just afterwards. Um, as I said, it's a four-day online careers festival to help you get hired in video games, and we're covering a whole host of topics of talks, workshops, bigger and better than we ever did last year, and it runs on Twitch, Discord, and over on our Intergames Twitter as well. Some of the studios taking part this year include Media Molecule, who you know from Dreams, wonderful Sumo Group, who've helped on pretty much every big game there is out there, the wonderful folks at Creative Assembly, who you just spoke to, um, who I can attest to are absolutely brilliant, um, Rare, the wonderful makers of Sea of Thieves and the soon-to-be-released Everwild, Hangar 13, Jagex, Endreams, Electric Square, Studio Gobo, Payload, and a load, load more as well. And over the four days, they'll be talking to you about well, a few things. So the first day on the 22nd of June is our Futures Day. This is the first time that we've ever done something like this. And it's talking about some of those emerging topics and maybe divisive topics that exist in the games industry right now and trying to really just have, I guess, help you guys make more informed decisions about some of those new things. So VR, AR, XR, what does it mean? Where's it going? And how's it going to affect the jobs that you apply for in the future? as well as concepts like the metaverse. What does that mean as a concept? Does it already exist? Um, and how will that affect the way that people apply for and find jobs in the games industry? Um, we'll be hosting a whole host of other things as well as stuff on blockchain. Again, a divisive topic, but one that we feel like there's a lot of disinformation out there or not really an open and honest conversation. And we want to help people make informed decisions about, you know, divisive technologies like that, as well as also AI. I'm sure a lot of you guys will have been playing around recently with the DAO Mini um, AI art creator. So we've got a load of artists to talk about how AI is going to affect the future of games art and how that technology may be used in the future. So some really cool panels and topics there. Uh, next up is our careers day. So this will be a jobs fair of all of our partner studios and friends talking about their open roles at the studio and the best things you can do to apply for them. What do they look for in a great QA tester? What do they look for in a great producer and you can ask direct questions to the developers about you know what you want to know about landing your first job at that studio 
Following that, on Friday, the 24th of June, we've got a First Steps Day. So this will host a whole host of different um, panels and talks and workshops about kind of landing your first, kind of finding your feet in the games industry. We'll have workshops on how to use dreams for level design from Media Molecule. We'll have a session from Creative Assembly about how you can make sound effects and game design from your from your bedroom, as well as a whole host of other stuff from some of our other partner studios as well. Um, loads of really cool kind of interactive stuff that you can get involved with all across Friday, 20 24th of June. And then Saturday, 25th of June, this will be taking place on the Intergames Twitter, which is at Intergames HQ. Definitely recommend giving us a follow if you haven't already, um, which will be, we hope, the most portfolio reviews given ever. So all you need to do is hop onto Twitter um, on Saturday, the 25th of June and post your portfolio online with the hashtag portfolio pit stop. And throughout the day, there'll be swathes of developers who will be giving feedback live throughout the day on your portfolio. So if you've got a portfolio ready to share, and you've got a Twitter account, then I highly recommend hopping on on Saturday the 25th of June and um, posting your portfolio on there. We've got developers from across the UK games industry in about every single discipline you could possibly imagine, ready and waiting to um, see portfolios popping through their feed on Saturday. So a whole host of stuff happening throughout the day, um, throughout the four days that you can get involved in. And naturally, all of this is completely free for you guys to access as well. I'll post a link to the Eventbrite in the um, uh, Games Jobs Live Discord but you can also access all this stuff on the Into Games Discord as well, which is intogames.org slash Discord. Again, I'll chuck that in the Games Jobs Live server uh, once I finish speaking. Um, and you can access all of this stuff. And really, the Careers Festival is just the tip of the iceberg. We run events, workshops, initiatives all the way throughout the year, all to, re to really to help you guys land your first job in the games industry. And we're only ever a message away for any sort of advice or uh, guidance that you need as well. Um, as well as that, I wanted to share another project that we're working on, which is called Fast Trackers. Um, I'm sure you guys, when looking for games industry jobs, may have thought, hmm, there's not really a lot of apprenticeships out there. And we would agree with you, that's not the case. And we're really trying to tra change that. So Fast Trackers is our way of doing that. Essentially, these are 10-week boot camps across community uh, management, programming, art and design that basically help you learn the practical skills that you need to get hired in your first games industry apprenticeship role. The first of these will be happening in London so if there's anyone from London listening please um, definitely head over to Fast Trackers and apply if you haven't already but there'll be more of these happening regionally and nationally across the UK including a um, C++ programming course with Unreal that'll be starting later this summer where you can register your interest for that now. These will be 10-week courses that will teach you all, the, all that you need to know about getting into the specific role that the course is for and at the end of it you'll be interviewed for real-world apprenticeship positions at major studios across the UK so highly recommend signing up and registering your interest for these ones if you're interested in the games industry apprenticeship. Um, we're hoping that by the end of this year we'll increase the number of apprentices in UK games from around 50 to 250 so lots of opportunities to get into um, some super cool studios and some really cool roles. That's uh, fasttrackers.games but again I'll share that um, in the discord server afterwards. And then just for fun I thought I would show you guys the intogames.org website as well. I highly recommend going on here if you haven't already. It's a super fun place to kind of start your journey if you're looking into well what role is it that I want to actually do in the games industry or what tools are out there that I need to know to be able to make games for myself a lot of you may be ahead of this um, already and you may know exactly what you want to do but there may be some of you thinking well I just want to get a job in games but I'm not really sure what I want to do the intergames.org website is a really great way to find that out you can explore over 150 different UK games industry roles 
And all of these have educational pathways attached. They have interviews with people who work in those roles, um, as well as guides and advice for the things that you can check out. So here you can check out the story from Shay, who's a freelance 3D character artist, and learn more about how she got into the role and how you can do similarly as well. As well as that, there's a super cool tools library as well that you can find on the website too, um, which is right here. Um, that tells you all about kind of the things you need to do to be able to make your first game and all the free tools that are out there to be able to um, to do that as well. So highly recommend checking out if you haven't already. We, we generally uh, regularly post articles and um, uh, guides on here as well. Most recently, some really good stuff around um, how to network if you're an introvert. There's a really nice um, uh, article that's on here. So loads of really good stuff. There's a brilliant article here that was written uh, by a social team around how to write a great game design document. And it goes into loads of details with um, testimonials and quotes directly from senior game designers about how to build a game design document. So if you're ever ask, answer, asking these um, questions yourself and looking for some answers, do have a check on the intergames.org website. Um, that's all I have to show you guys. As I said, I'll post all of this stuff on the Discord afterwards, um, but highly recommend checking out the intergames.org website, the Fast Trackers website, and of course, from the 22nd to the 24th of June, a massive, fun-filled, super interactive event um, happening across Twitch, Discord, and uh, Twitter, all really to help you guys basically land your first job in the games industry. It's what we exist to do. Um, Colin, I don't know if you're there. I'm happy to take a couple of questions if anyone has any. Absolutely, yeah. You you have been keeping busy, haven't you? <laughs> Always. <laughs> Brilliant. No, that all sounds amazing. Um, and it's, I mean, your, your website sounds like it, it's got even more on it since I, I, I last checked it out, but it's always been my sort of go-to place in, in terms of um, the brilliant breakdown you've got of, uh, last time I looked at it was something like 94 different positions identified across the games industry and what they involved and, and routes into each of them. So a fantastic resource for the industry to have. Um, and your, um, your article on networking for introverts sounds like I will benefit a lot from it as well. So I will be checking that out myself. Um, two, two um, just very quick questions because we need to move on. Um, but I thought, I thought because you're sort of independent of the studios, it'd be useful to get your take on it. One is um, red flags. Is there anything you see or hear people doing when they're trying to get into the industry that you would advise them not to do, to stop doing? Yeah, um, a couple things. I would say uh, never work for free. If a studio or an organization is asking you to do that, that should be an immediate red flag, whether that's an internship or work experience. You should be paid for your time because it's valuable. That's the same for any job. You wouldn't do, uh, you wouldn't work at a cafe for free, so you shouldn't work at a game studio for free either. Um, I would say on job applications, things like um, Ninja, work hard, play hard, all of those sorts of things are normally red flags. Um, look for ones that have an inclusive, welcoming culture and talk openly about their ethos and also the things that um, they don't do so well. Uh, don't be afraid to ask questions in interview as well. And if they don't give you the answers that you want to hear, then generally those are red flags as well. Um, there's a lot of companies out there who have kind of, you know, not necessarily bad reputations, but have been embroiled in certain things and, you know, ask questions about those things. And if you get straight answers, that's a really good sign. Um, also, uh, expect salary expectations on job applications as well. When you're applying for a job, you should know how much money you're going to get. Um, if you don't see that on there, and they're not willing to tell you that, generally that's also a red flag as well. 
Um, things to look out for that are good is, you know, companies that really talk openly and honestly about their culture, who they are, the type of organization that they want to be, and also the things that they invest in as well, whether that's social impact projects or education, ones that have an outward looking view of, you know, how to support their local community and to kind of make the industry a better place. Um, and then also ones that are, you know, willing to talk and answer questions at interviews, always really good as well. Um, and of course, you know, a diverse and representative makeup of staff as well. Um, organizations that care about this typically have much more welcoming and inclusive working environments as well. So yeah, those would be good things to look out for. Good, good advice. Yeah. And I, and I think all the companies today or that the ever take part in Games of Life tick a lot of those boxes because otherwise they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't want to risk coming on a live stream and, and having to answer random questions. Um, so great advice. Um, and the other one was the sort of perennial question of what to include with applications. A lot of people um, stress over whether to include a, a, a cover letter, how, how often to follow up with companies. Have you got any general advice around that? Yeah, so I would say cover letters are great. Um, I know it can be difficult writing a cover letter for every single job that you apply for, but they let you know a little bit about, you know, the employer know a little bit about who you are, what you like, what you're passionate about and why you're applying. So um, I really highly recommend a cover letter, even if it's a short one, just to basically inject a little bit of yourself and your drive into every job application that you do. Um, from portfolio side, obviously it varies massively discipline to discipline, but you can quite easily find out what the industry standard tools are. If you're a designer, having something like a link that you can click on that has a shipped game that you have created, however small it may be, that's going to do you absolute wonders when you go to interview because that's what they want to see. People who can finish and ship projects. Um, and likewise, you know, art for art station, GitHub for programming. And a thing that always comes up as well is show what parts of work that you contributed to if it's a group project. And also uh, show your problem solving. Let people know. And uh, um, the the gent from Creative Assembly said this as well: is show people how you got to the solution that you got to, whether that's across art, design, or programming, because that lets them know a little bit more about who you are and how you think. So all those things are, are really, really good. Um, and just make sure your CV is short and sweet. It doesn't need to be six pages long because they won't read it. Um, you know, this is your advice, Colin, that you gave recently: is that you know you only have a few seconds to catch an employer's eye, and you need to make sure that you make those seconds count so keep it short sweet concise to the point and let them know who you are brilliant advice concisely delivered right on message excellent brandon we need to move on but that's been fantastic great advice thank you for coming i hope everyone checks out the into games website and checks out the, the the careers week happening later in the month um post the links on the discord um and um hopefully we'll see you at that yeah of course always a pleasure colin thanks again brilliant thanks brandon Okay, well, we're getting some some gold dust of advice from from everyone today. This is fantastic. Um, so do jump onto the Discord if you're not already on there and follow up. Get those links from Brandon um, and speak to all of the companies, whether they've been on already or still to come. Um, the address is discord.gamesjobs.live. The companies. Um, generally have people on there till about six o'clock, so you've got about another hour to get your questions in. However, meantime, we will move on, um, and we have got another very exciting company today. Um, they are a Swedish company who, I think over COVID, set up a, a London office um, that they're now finally getting to enjoy properly. They've got several games in production and recently released a battle royale based on Vampire the Masquerade called Blood Hunt. 
Um, the vampire-themed launch party that they had for it was uh, shared on their socials earlier today and looked a lot of fun. Um, so let's hear more from Shark Mob's art director, Mr. Benjamin Penrose. Benjamin. Hello. <laughs> you're faster than most of us in realizing that you're muted yourself before someone tells you. I've got one of those nice microphones where I can actually hear my own voice rather than sort of sounding like I'm, you know, sort of speaking with my fingers in my ears. So oh, right, you can, yeah. I can always tell. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would drive me to distraction. But yeah, you're, yeah. you're obviously a, you're, you're able to cope with that better than me. Um, Benjamin, I'll leave everyone in your hands. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, so um, hello everybody. Uh, I'm just going to share uh, share one of my screens, and hopefully this works just as well as it did when we we rehearsed everything. Uh, Okie okay, sure. Almost, almost seamless, almost seamless. Uh, so, hey, yeah, um, everybody. My name is Benjamin Penrose, and I'm the uh, the art director at Shark Mob London. And basically, I wanted to give you a quick overview of about us because I realise we're we're quite a new a new studio, and maybe not all of you have heard heard about us and what we're about. Um, so, yeah, I'll go over sort of where we're based at the moment, and also what we do. And also, it's worth mentioning that, um, as Colin said, we are originally a Swedish uh, studio, um, but I am here representing the London team. So uh, we've been very busy over the COVID period, which was an interesting time to do this sort of thing, uh, building the London team. And we're doing some pretty exciting things at the, the London studio, which I will mention in just a second. So, uh, yeah, so just as, as Colin mentioned there, we are originally Swedish. Uh, the, the, the Swedish team is based over in Malmo. And that uh, studio was founded by a, a group of um, people that were originally leading the uh, Ubisoft Massive team, also in Malmo. So you can imagine there's a lot of shared DNA uh, there from, from those times. Uh, as for the London team, uh, we're a real sort of grab bag of, of various various people from various studios with all sorts of great experience. So a lot of us have a shared heritage uh, from Playground Games, which is where a lot of us met. But we've also got some expertise from places like CCP as well, and Rockstar and, and, uh, and uh, even CD Projekt Red. So um, really interesting mix of experience. And we're hopefully gearing up to produce something really exciting and new. Uh, so um, I spoke at this uh, this event last year when we were we were, I think we were only a couple of months old, actually. So we didn't even have uh, a temporary premises, let alone a, a sort of full-time premises. So I, I actually streamed this out of my bedroom, uh, which is, we were all sort of in our various bedrooms at the time. Um, but we are now officially in our a new shiny home. So I just wanted to give you a, a heads up as to where we are and what that's about. Um, so hopefully this will work. No, it won't. <laughs> Right, hang on. So here we go. We'll do this. We'll do this this way around. Uh, so we are based in London, uh, and hopefully you can see from my lovely diagram exactly where we are. So we're on the North Bank, uh, just off Embankment uh, Tube Station in Covent Garden. Uh, so we're surrounded by lots of Union Jacks at the moment uh, after the Jubilee celebrations, which is super cool. And um, 
And the actual building itself is this one here. So uh, we're in the fourth floor of this uh, this big old Art Deco building, which is which is great. It's, it's actually just all been sort of ripped out and refinished. So we're, we're the sort of first people to have uh, this sort of shiny new premises, which is super nice. Uh, and then uh, a couple of shots from the studio itself. So we are good to fit 250 developers in this space, which is a, a good sized team to, to work on a big AAA project, which is what we have planned. Um, at the moment, there's only about 60 of us. Uh, so as you can see, we've got lots of lots of desks waiting to be filled. Uh, so you know that is one of the main reasons I'm here talking to you now. We have openings for jobs uh, at all levels across pretty much every single department um, and uh, a brand new lovely studio for, for people to come and work in and produce some pretty exciting stuff. Um, so uh, in terms of those those actual uh, jobs, as I was saying, we've got space for about 250 people in the building and currently only only 60 of us. So we're, you know, lots of room for um, hallway jousting on uh, on uh, wheeled chairs at the moment, um, but we are very busy working away on some some really exciting projects. So as was already mentioned, obviously uh, Shark Mob has our uh, Vampire Masquerade based um, Battle Royale game out uh, called Blood Hunt, which is, which is already uh, being played by many, many uh, people and they're all having a great time. Uh, but the studio has three projects under, underway at the moment in total, including that one. So uh, there's a big new IP being handled out of uh, the Malmo studio. And then uh, London itself was also set up to start up a brand new IP as well. Uh, so we are, as you would expect, given everything so new, we are very early days working on the the concept for that uh, that new ip producing lots of great concept art lots of uh, cool prototypes getting ready for uh, presenting that to everybody that would uh, be interested when it comes to giving us the thumbs up and, and letting us go go ahead and start building it um so yeah this is uh, i think for everybody listening this is a great opportunity to come work at a studio that is really in the early early days of putting everything together and you know you'll get um, a rare opportunity to see things grow uh, from from day one almost um, so yes i would encourage everybody uh, if you are interested in working on some big AAA shiny projects with us to go check out our website uh, which i do have uh, just here so uh, yeah come come over to sharp mob, uh, com, and if you click on the jobs tab as you would expect uh, we have uh, job openings in a whole host, as I said, uh, different different positions. And this is across um, the London and the Malmo uh, studio as well. So if you're interested in uh, working and living in Sweden, that's also something that uh, the guys are, over there are, are looking for people, talented people to come join the team, again, across all levels. So uh, yeah, that is, uh, that is me. And if there are any questions, Colin, I'd be uh, happy to, to answer any. Fantastic. Great stuff. Thanks, Benjamin. Um, I see various questions coming in on the YouTube. Um, just to let everyone know, um, we're not looking at the, the, the YouTube for questions because we can't check everything everywhere. If you've got any questions, come into the Discord and post them on the, the, the Discord, either for me to put to Benjamin for the next couple of minutes or to put directly to Benjamin and his, his colleagues at Sharp Mob um, directly on the Discord. Um, one, one, one question, just be, because we've... Um, 
we've not had many art directors on um, uh, on Game Jobs Live before. So They're all shy question, and retiring. Well, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe slightly busy, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but but one question that I get through other events is, what does an art director do, and how do you how do you become one? You, you know, if somebody's starting out in their career and might want to do your job one day, what what should they be thinking about? Oh, that's a that's a great question. Um, yeah, it's and I think the answer is probably very different depending on who you speak to. I think it's one of those jobs that can uh, you can find yourself doing through multiple different paths. My 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 own path was that I entered the industry um, as a concept artist originally, um, working on um, Forza Horizon. Actually, that was that was my first project with with Playground, which is again where I met a lot of the people that we um, started the studio up with. But it was um, con concept work for me was a really nice way of being able to talk about game visuals in a, in a fairly holistic sense so I think that's you know concept tends to be a, a good entryway into art direction for a lot of people it's not the only route for sure but I think for me I found it was a great way of joining conversations about every aspect of the game's visuals because I was producing these images that might be a target for the way the game would hopefully look by the time it was finished and um, I think you know over time I was sort of in more and more of those conversations and started doing less and less concept work and so it was it was almost a, an organic transition for myself from from doing lots of concept work into more art direction so I actually moved into an associate art director position uh, at Playground for a few years and then sort of finally worked up to um, to the, the studio art director position and um, I would say if I was to describe that role it's it's really about I mean, it changes throughout the course of a project, but generally it's about, in the early days, helping to define the, the look of a project, the, you know, finding the right pieces of language to describe it to people, and then the pieces of imagery that you need to create early days in order to fully communicate what you were originally saying verbally in pictures, because, you know, it's always good to talk about art direction with pictures, people people tend to find. <laughs> and, then, and then as the project goes on and you start to get into the midst of production, it's about making sure that, that all the efforts that are going on across the, you know, wide variety of different departments in, a, in an art team in a AAA studio are all pulling towards that original um, sort of concept or a vision that you put forward. And that's that's always um, that's always super fun because the challenges vary greatly, you know, depending on what department you're you're looking at, whether it's UI or character, environment, VFX. You know, so it's, it's great yeah. fun, super super fun. <laughs> and do, do you still get to be hands on? I mean, I, I know some art directors who who you know are so busy doing the the direction and the vision holding during the day that they go home and and draw for fun so that they still feel hands on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, do, yeah. Do you still get an opportunity <laughs> to do it during the day though? Yeah, I, so um, when it comes to actually creating artwork, um, yes, I, I actually I tend to do more of that in my spare time now. So I tend to do a lot of painting. Um, but I would say, like, I still stay super hands on with all the work that's happening here. Um, so you know, I, regular sort of conversations with artists across all the teams about you know what what would arguably be fairly low level conversations about you know how do we how do we get this particular element to look great you know I, I feel like so many art directors have probably agonized over the the way grass renders across an open field you know um or or the way a pebble is floating in the, in the wrong position on a piece of terrain or something um but you know like so you, you you always find yourself getting involved in i think in a 
in a variety of conversations. Some of them are super high level and, you know, at sort of studio level. But the fun stuff, you know, if, if I think if any art director is being honest, the fun stuff is when you're working directly with the team, sat down, problem solving some something and coming up with some really cool solutions to, to things that you didn't know you were going to face at the beginning. Perfect. Great. Um, really interesting. Um, a cu couple of questions. There's a, um, there's a, a lot of chat about remote in the Discord, uh -huh. but let's let's come back to that actually because initially I just want to take advantage of having you here. Everyone's always asking about you know what to put in a portfolio, what to put forward when they're applying for art jobs. Yeah. G general advice for someone trying to get their first job in industry from your point of view. Okay. Yes, I have. I've spoken about this many times. Um, my my biggest piece of advice to to anybody in any um, area of art in the early days after you've you know sort of maybe you've just you're just coming up to the end of your course or you've you've actually already finished the course and you're going through the process of applying for jobs. Um, make sure that you're staying fresh and and up to date with everything that's going on within the that that part of game art that you want to get into and make sure that you're still creating stuff. I've, the amount of times I've seen students who um, go through that sort of arduous process of building up a portfolio during their course and then once they finish the course they don't carry on that developmental work. Uh, you'd be surprised how often that happens. So I, I would encourage everybody to keep keep pushing, keep uh, discovering, keep learning, keep having fun and and connected to that when you start thinking about the way you construct your portfolios. In, in the early days it is absolutely fine to keep things fairly concise. You know, so you've only got a, a few pieces of work in, in that art station page. And every time you produce something new, it's probably gonna be the best thing you've ever done because it's the newest thing you've ever done. And use that piece to replace the thing that you like the least in your portfolio that you've had a chance to sort of properly critique. And you think, do you know what? I've, I've grown as an artist since then. And, and keep that process going. So you're really working on every time you produce something new and shiny it goes in and replaces the thing that you like least and that way if you give yourself like a number of pieces you know between like five and ten it's totally fine i think uh you're just you're regularly making sure that the what you're putting forward and showing potential studios and employers is the best that you have to offer um sometimes one of the biggest flags i think for a, for, for somebody hiring somebody into an art position is when you see everything they've ever done in their portfolio to a point where you start to question whether they have the ability to edit their work and know which bits are good and which bits aren't so good. Absolutely, yeah. I once got told that part part of the, the job of an artist is, is to exercise good judgment and that includes judgment <laughs> on which bits of your portfolio you should not show off. Yes, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Okay, solid advice. Thank you very much. <laughs> no worries. Um, remote. Um, oh yes, uh, so remote. Yes, yes, no, no problem. Uh, yeah, so as as everybody um, sort of is acknowledging the the landscape is as it is now, and we we are very passionate about making sure that we have people in the studio so they can have conversations and collaborate with each other. We you know we really believe that's the best way we make games, but we we also want to be flexible. So we we're offering um, a. a hybrid solution at the moment so we have three days in the studio and two days out and those days are totally flexible so you can you know speak with your manager and, and organize exactly which days you might be in and which days you might be out um, as best suits you 
Yeah, and it, I mean, it's actually quite practical. I mean, for years when I was at Channel 4, I used to go down to London a day a week, every single week. I mean, I didn't think of it as hybrid working, but that's kind of what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's actually quite feasible to, to, to commute, you know, from anywhere in the in the country um, for a couple of days, isn't it? So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I actually, uh, I, I don't actually live in London myself. I live up in the Midlands, so I, uh, I exactly. commute down here. Yeah, exactly. Case in point. Yeah, and imagine you're not alone. There's probably a, no, no, no. There's, there's, there's a whole, yeah, a whole bunch of us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully, we'll um, extend that and and get people from even further afield uh, <laughs> applying for some of those brilliant jobs and to to get to work on some of those um, brilliant upcoming IPs. So, thank you very much for taking the time to to join us today. Um, no you're in the discord um you're able to take questions there for a little while uh so uh one of my colleagues dell is on the discord at the moment but he's um he's he knows everything that needs to be known so uh feel free to throw any questions at him and he'll be able to answer them perfect right benjamin thanks very much for joining us no worries it's been a pleasure Cheers. thanks colin All right, catch bye. you later bye, bye. <laughs>
trailer. Love that trailer. Love the, the music behind it. <laughs> the music, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so a bit more a bit more about us is that uh, as a company, we although we're remote, we get together once a month, uh, usually uh, either in Glasgow, Edinburgh, or Stirling, uh, for either uh, to host a company presentation or either just to have some drinks. Uh, and also, we recently just did a games jam as well, which was quite fun. Um, so to make it practical uh, to get these, to get everybody together, uh, we're primarily looking for people in the UK. Um, we have a relatively fast uh, production pipeline where we release a product every three to four months. Um, so we're almost a bit unique in the industry uh, where, where if you do join us, you'll probably be shipping a product in your first few months of joining us. Um, the tech team mainly use Unreal Engine to create the gameplay and set up the train uh, and the train physics. Um, we do dive into other tools such as Houdini to help speed up um, our level design pipeline and we also look into creating our own tools to help uh, anywhere else in our pipeline that needs uh, that can be more efficient. Um, the current roles we're looking for are a 3D environment artist, a vehicle artist, and a software engineer. Uh, there's more details on our website, and uh, Matt and myself will be on the Discord as well uh, if you've got any questions, so just give us a shout there. Perfect. Thank you very much, gents. Um, the, the, the burning question, there's, there's still um, uh, questions to come through on the, on the Discord, so anyone that does have any questions, uh, from Matt and Kevin, um, uh, stick them into the live stream questions channel. But the burning question that I'm sure everyone's secretly asking is, do I have to be a train spotter to get a job at Rivet Games? No, no, you definitely don't need to be. Um, <laughs> I'm certainly not a train spotter. Um, but one of the things is, if you do come here, you will learn a lot about trains. Um, and it's kind of one of the things that's part of the job is you you, you have to learn a lot. Um, there's a lot of like, knowledge that you will gather and you'll need to be able to apply either to R or as Kevin will be able to talk more about um, the setup and the simulation of, of, of these uh, vehicles. Um, there will be a lot that you learn, but you don't need to be a, a, a heavy train enthusiast to just to come and join us. Okay, that actually leads on to one of the questions that has just come in. So um, Laz is saying they're interested in working as a vehicle artist, although their portfolio focuses mainly on cars. Is it is it worth them applying? Definitely. Um, that So trains is pretty uh, a niche thing, so not many people think about modeling a train. Um, so when we're looking for vehicle artists, we are looking for people who probably do have a few cars, at least a few cars in their portfolio, um, and that are modeling to a fairly high level. Um, so that's, that's if you've got cars in your portfolio, yeah, we'll definitely look at you and uh, consider you. Great stuff. Um, and then from a um, from an art perspective, you, what, what tools uh, are you looking to use and for, for people to have experience of? Um, so uh, at the studio, like I mentioned, uh, we use 3ds Max, uh, but we also use Blender. Um, uh, Maya is also okay, but we would we would encourage you to move over to one of those two tools because um, most of our pipeline is around those two tools. Um, and obviously we use Substance and uh, Photoshop and those kind of tools as well. Great. Um, and then you, you're in another one of those jobs that I think a ton of people are jealous of being the, the lead vehicle artist. So it's the same question that I put to Benjamin. 
I mean, what you know, for someone coming into the industry with a passion for doing vehicles, what would you recommend they think about as they as they come into the industry initially, and how can they how can they end up in your shoes ultimately? Um, well, I, I would just say, like, just dedicate yourself to your artwork and your work. Um, like, uh, just keep keep trying to improve yourself, keep learning new techniques, um, keep uh, taking on more challenging. Uh, uh, projects and even in, in your personal time take on more pro uh, challenging projects um but also at work just you know be putting in as, as much as you you can into your work um and that that's how i basically got to where i am is just doing as best i could and just constantly um improving and uh building up your, your portfolio of work perfect cool kevin from a a, a tech point of view in, in the same question in terms of the the, the tools and experience and, and what you would expect people to be up to speed on? Yeah, I mean, um, so what I would say is just um, find, um, with, with kind of programming that, I know that it's a really wide scope, so find something that, you're, that interests you and in your own free time, just try and uh, build up either like a, a like, a, like an own, a, a little short game or, or, or a system that, that you find quite interesting. Um, and and use use that to show show off your skills as a as like a programmer. So I take it you're a fan of people taking part in game jams. Yeah, big fan, big fan. Uh, game jams are great for showing off your skills and uh, showing that you can work as a team. And particularly with COVID, um, most game jams in the past two years have been remote. So um, it's always interesting to see people that can work as a team remote as well. Picking up on that, on the remote thing, I mean, um, you know, Rivet's, you know, one of a, a relatively small number of companies that has sort of, you know, was physical, did have an office, but has committed to going fully remote. There's a lot, a lot of places are still figuring out what's best. I mean, what are, from a from a code point of view, where there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, what, what are some of the pros and cons you've seen in terms of of having a code team working remotely? So. It, with programming, it's pretty easy to do your like do do your tasks and stuff um, remotely. Um, like you've got source control and stuff to to keep you keep you all right. Um, but I think the the kind of cons behind it is having that like a particularly like graduates and people coming in, um, having the opportunity to sit with them a bit more um, rather than having to dedicate like slot them into like schedules on teams. Um, being able to have enough, like have them just across from you is a lot better. Um, it's a lot easier. Um, I, I know from when I was getting uh, learning uh, when I was at Rivet, uh, it was a lot easier just to shout over at the desk at somebody to ask them for help or anything. So, yeah. Cool. Um, and then in in terms of there's someone asking about Unreal Unreal Five. Um, uh, Rivet uses Unreal Four at the moment. Is that right? Yeah, we use Unreal Four, and it's mainly tied to we're tied to what a uh, Dovetail Games use, uh, use and develop on. And um, so right now they're only uh, developing on Unreal Four. Great stuff. And then just a, a last general question. I mean, any any sort of t tips or or um, things for people to avoid when they're they're thinking about applying to a company like Rivet Games? What are you what are you most looking for in applications? Question to both of you. Yeah, I like Matt go first. <laughs> uh, for me, um, if it, I think uh, 
it would be a, a plus if you've got a portfolio that doesn't match with the role it's probably like i would try and apply with with two roles where you've got stuff that backs up why you're applying to that role um that, that's the main thing i'm seeing is you know when we get applications through we'll look at portfolios and we'll be like why are they applying it's especially on the vehicle side we'll, we'll get people who apply on the vehicle side and they might not have vehicles on their any vehicles in their in their portfolio and so it, we would be unlikely to go with you like take you further than that um so yeah just uh think about what roles you're applying for and if you've got stuff in your portfolio that backs up what you're what you're applying to yeah and from myself um just generally like a, a link to your github and uh, on your portfolio just show either like a video or um a photos or a blog post just showing off what um what you've done, what system you've created, and how you've gone about it. Because um, the thought process is a big factor as well um, that's appealing. Brilliant. Great advice. Okay, gents, you're on the, the Discord? Yep. yep. Absolutely. So if anyone's joined late and isn't already on, jump on to discord.gamesjobs.live, um, where Matt and Kevin can answer your questions about the positions at Rivet and all the other companies I think are still on and answering questions um away as well gents we'll need to leave it there just now but thank you very much for taking the time to come on and um we'll see you on the discord cheers go cheers bye bye brilliant what a lot of great advice we're getting through so I'm really pleased to round off a brilliant selection of companies that we've had on today with another one, Universally Speaking. They provide audio QA and localization services across the games industry to indie developers, to AAA studios, um, and have even helped with new hardware launches from um, Sony, um, Microsoft, and Nintendo, I believe. They've also just announced a new Liverpool office on top of their Bedfordshire one. So here to talk about the opportunities with them is their chief people officer, Vic Rogers. Vic. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, thank you for joining us. It's really good to be here and well done everyone for staying the course, but my goodness, it wasn't hard work, was it? Trains, there's all sorts <laughs> to keep you engaged. It's been really good watching all that. Well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you, you you get an hour and a half of all this bombardment of information, but then the real work begins when everyone's got to then apply for the jobs and, and follow up properly. So this is the fun bit, believe it or not. <laughs> exactly. Right, Vic, I'll hand over to you. Now, do I need to press buttons? I'm sorry to be stupid at this point. You're um, going to do it for me. Oh, aren't you amazing, as always? Brilliant. All right. So, yes, we are universally speaking. And in terms of our place in the ecosystem that is games, uh, we help the amazing people um, that you've seen speak before, the publishers, the creators. We help make sure that their games are really ready for launch. And that means that we enhance the experience for our gamers. We predominantly, as Colin said, we do a lot, a lot of testing. So let's see if I can make this thing work. Here we go. So here's some of the people that we work for. Uh, absolute heroes on the screen there in terms of what they do and they give us the work to then check uh, before it goes live. So we go around hunting for bugs, and I was just doing my maths. Maths isn't a strong point, but I think if you work out that 25,000 hours is actually a year, that's a year's worth of work just going through doing quality checks on No Man's Sky, 
So obviously, no, not a year. I lie, isn't it? I'm stupid. It's about three years or something. It's a ridiculous number of time, uh, amount of time. So what we have is we typically have then, say, 100, 150 people that will be working together. They'll be one of the first people to see a game and they'll be working together on the game to see if they can break it. Um, and typically they can find lots of bugs. And it's our job to then make sure that we are very quickly identifying, recording those bugs and giving people a chance to get rid of those bugs. Uh, people like what we do. So we win a few awards, which is quite awesome. Um, but it's not just bugs. The other bit that we do is we make sure that games are accessible for people. So accessible in terms of are they speaking my language? Do I actually understand? And also there's a piece where if something's been developed on the other side of the world, let's say you've got a mobile company out in Korea and it's developed a game. Is that going to translate and be relevant to the people over in Brazil? So it's not just is the language right, but culturally, does that actually fit? So that's the localization piece of what we do as well. Making sure that, as I say, we are enhancing the experience for gamers. They can access the game. They can understand the game. They feel part of the game. Uh, that's what we love doing. We've got roles across the business, right from entry level to senior. And thank you to everybody. I was a bit slow there on the old Discord. But um, as I get it, this is a grads recruitment fair. And therefore, there's a lot of you saying, how am I going to get into this world? I've been applying for jobs. And bless you, I think that's great. Because back in the day, that was me and various other people just trying to get someone to pay attention, give us a job. I used to work in the movie industry. I now work in, in games. And getting that foot in the door, I think, is really important. And I think it's also really important that when you've dedicated, what is it, three years of your life, maybe, to studying this thing, you've got your dream set, I'm going to be the greatest concept artist, I'm going to be the most amazing animator, and you're putting your heart and soul into getting jobs and just no one's giving you a chance. What we're saying at University Speaking is, let us be your gateway, all right? So rather than stacking shelves at Tesco or making amazing coffee at cost or whatever else it is you're going to do, come and work with us. It means you're working on AAA projects. No, you're not being the most amazing concept artist on day one and you're not creating the whole of the game, but you are one of the first people to see the game. You are rigorously testing that game. You are learning the discipline of what it means to work for these studios because we obviously have to align with how these studios work. So you've got some really core skills and understanding, which hopefully looks a little bit better than working at Tesco's. God bless Tesco's. I did used to work for them years ago as well. Um, but this is your gateway into games and you might do it for three months. You might do it in the evenings and still go to college. So we have uh, night shifts that start 3.30 to 11.30. Some of our shifts do 5 o'clock to 1 a.m. in the morning because some of our clients are in the U.S. And then we also do early starts. So we do a 7.30 through to a 3.30. So some people fit it in while they're still studying or doing other things. But the point is it's real work. You're learning a professional way of working. And so if you're desperate for that entry-level role with the kind of place that you can come to. Everyone's different. We're all made up of different people, different interests. But in amongst all of that, we've got some things that unite us. And these are the things that unite us. So number one, quality. You don't need to read all the words. My most important thing about quality, have you got attention to detail? Do you spot things that other people don't spot? People talk about people being on a spectrum. The spectrum is your super strength. It's like, what are you really, really good at? And some people are extraordinarily good at spotting and having attention to detail, spotting things that other people don't spot. So this attention to detail is phenomenal. Uh, passion, got to believe in what you're doing. This has got to be good stuff, but we're not just playing games, remember? We are playing games 
because we are trying to find out what might jar, what might break. And we want to get rid of all of those things so that somebody else, that passion that somebody else is going to have a better experience. That's really important. You've got to have agility, this kind of drive, this can-do attitude, this, yeah, I'm in the middle of testing it on this console, but guess what? The clients just said, can we now test it on this? And I've got to move to a mobile phone or something like that. This, yeah, of course I can. Can-do attitude, this agility that, yes, we can do that. That's why our clients come back to us. We can move quickly and we have a can-do attitude. Everything is about the customers. Customers works at multiple levels. Customers in terms of the clients, the big publishers that pay for us to do the work. Customers in terms of end users, the gamers, the person in Brazil that's like, I didn't even realize I was a princess until you translated the word princess and then I understood princess. And then customers for me, in terms of uh, the people side, is you, employees. So we've got to make sure that we're looking after each other and making it the best possible experience. And it all comes together at the end with regards to teamwork. You may well feel that when you're gaming, you're in your own world. But when we're working together uh, at University Speaking, we're doing it as a team. I said that uh, some of our hours that we put in is 150 people working together. And they might be working together for three months solid just so that they can, uh, as a team, deliver some great results. Everyone's welcome. Here's some jobs. From your entry level, the ones that you're looking out for, and I'll show you the website in a moment, the ones you're looking out for are your tester roles. That's where you're going to get your foot in the door. Um, that's going to give you real work experience of working in games. Uh, and that's some crazy things that we were doing on Pancakes Day. So, um, yeah, come and play proper little <laughs> racing card games if you want to. But there you can see, hopefully, our website. I hope that that was useful to some of you. We'd love to hear from you. Be brave, you know, first gig, you get first job, just apply to us and um, we hope to see you in Liverpool or Bedford soon. Is that all right, Colin? That was perfect. Thank you very much, Rick. Yes, um, the the big question on the Discord is around remote working or on-site working and everything. How, how does it work with university? You're in. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're not out, you're in. So, yes, you're two studios, one in the middle of Liverpool, literally uh, across the road from Liverpool Lime Street, dead easy to get to. That's a great big train station. Um, and the other one is in Bedfordshire. Um, it's about an hour and 20 out of London on the train. But you're in you're in a studio with everybody else. There's no remote working for us when we're doing the testing stuff. One of the service lines, we're moving into community management. And that will have some re remote working roles, but that's not live right now. Yeah, I mean, there's also, I know a lot of the, 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 the big AAA companies and the hard, hardware manufacturers, they have a lot of sort of, provisions in the contracts that things need to be behind closed doors and everything when they're in development so I know that's that's a major consideration for them that you obviously have to to work along take that intellectual property keep it all safe yeah exactly yep yeah, yeah. great stuff but yeah I mean I don't know Bedfordshire but I know Liverpool and it's a lot of fun so that would be a, a great office and um, so is that is that office up and running I know you just announced it um, a month or so ago. <laughs> it's really real it's really real we uh, opened the doors last week uh, everyone's on their second week this week. Um, and the reason you're not seeing photographs of it um, is because there's literally still things being wired into the walls. But, um, yeah, they were talking about jousting um, <laughs> down the corridor. That's kind of what it looks like at the moment. I'll, I'll show photographs next time, but there's still things being, televisions are being fitted to walls and things like that. We've got, uh, how many have we got gone in there now? I think 50 people joined us in the last 10 days here in the wow. Liverpool studio. Overall, there's 390 people between Liverpool and Bedford. Wow. Fantastic. That's a lot of pancakes on pancake day. 
It was me. It was me, microwave. I mean, I'm not getting fancy. Me and microwave, but yeah, I was flipping these pancakes and then playing racing games. Brilliant. Um, and then the other thing, this, I don't think I've seen this come up on the Discord, but just one of the, the the sort of perennial things around QA is, you know, whether you know, there's a bunch of people always recommend it as a starting point into the industry, which you alluded to, and there's a similar number of people say actually it's a great discipline in its in its own right, and a lot of people you know, go, go really far in QA and Excel at it and um, uh, are, are, are perfectly happy and don't don't want to see the best QA people go over to other disciplines. I mean, I guess, you know, particularly if it's someone starting off, if they start with you, I mean, they can go either direction after that, I presume. I see it as three, three ways. Um, so, yes, gateway to games, come in, do your QA and then go off into games land. That's one of your options. Your other one is come in with us, do the QA piece and go off into QA land. Go and work for some of the tech giants. We do do work for some of the tech giants, but you know, go that way. And then the third way is stay with us and work vertically. So vertically means you're going to over time get more responsibility for working with a client. You're going to get more responsibility for working for teams, working your way up to project management. You might then be working into resourcing, actually working out if we've got six uh, games that we're working on right these 30 people are now going to move over to these other 80 people and you're doing some of the allocation resource management so for me three pathways come in qa off into games come in qa off into Techland, and then come in and stay with us and keep growing vertically in terms of that mo uh, management responsibility and project uh, responsibility perfect yeah no a bunch of great opportunities um a quick question from the discord um Faisen ahmed is asking what you know what what helps uh, an application stand out to you? What are you looking for when, when you're looking for QA? Attention to detail. So <laughs> ask friends, ask whoever. Every so often it needs a fresh pair of eyes because that is our world. Our world is to spot things that other people perhaps aren't going to spot. Some of the things are screamingly obvious, like the game's crashed. Everyone's going to notice that. So you can spot that bug. Uh, that's an A-class bug. But no, your attention to detail in CV, if you've not got... Your capital letters right and your full stops right you know and as pedantic as that sounds we're in the business of being pedantic that's what they pay us to do so it's got to be really sharp in terms of that cv you need to make sure that you're sharing that passion that you actually do love games you do care that someone has a great experience you've got this attention to detail and if there's something in there that is around that can-do attitude that kind of flexibility so some people are going, but I've never actually been in work. Oh, come on. There must have been a time when you've had to work with other people, adjust what you're doing. Just tell us that story. It's really hard getting that first gig, I admit, but hopefully we'll make it easier for you. But make sure that CV hasn't got any errors in it. Just get someone else to check it if you're not sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't need to be um, an industry professional. It, it, it just needs a, a sanity check sometimes, doesn't it? Exactly. Brilliant stuff. Um, is um, so we've also got um, Raver. I think it is asking if there's any languages that are more desirable to know. And I'm not sure if they're talking about programming languages or or spoken languages. But the question applies to. Let's hope it's not programming languages because I used to do that years ago, and I I know nothing now. Um, okay, I'm going to talk about language languages as in translation. Um, so the big ones you'll hear people talk about figs. So that's French, Italian, German, Spanish. Everybody needs those people because that's your mass markets, isn't it? Um, and if anyone's out there as a native German speaker, my goodness, you are super special. Everybody wants German speakers and we can't get hold of them. So uh, it needs to be that you 
are native in that language. It's not that you've learned it as a second language if you're going to come and do testing. And then outside of that, there's about 32 standard languages that you get asked by the big publishers to work on. So you've got everything from your Mandarin to your Greek to your Polish, to blah, 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 great big list. If you check out our website, you'll see right now some of the areas that we're hiring into. There'll be all the figs on there. I think there's a bit of Polish in there. There will be some traditional Chinese like right now in Mandarin. It's changing all the time. Um, but yeah, host of languages. And you need to be keeping up to speed with your language. Um, so when I say native, yes, I am from Brazil. I speak Portuguese Brazilian, but I've been over in England for eight years. What we're interested in, okay, but do you pop back and do you keep up to speed with the, the word on the street and how the language is evolving? Because as you know, games is very real and the language isn't necessarily what you've been taught in school it's the language that's on the street and it's making sure that your language is still staying fresh and relevant because that's what we need to make it accessible uh, in 2022 and beyond good advice my, my schoolboy french isn't going to cut it is it <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll pretend i knew what you said because it's that's that right. bad <laughs> vic that's been brilliant um, you're on the Discord. I'm going to have a go. It's little me, and I'm very slow, so forgive me. But yeah, no, look forward to hearing from people, and if I can help, that's what I want to do. Absolutely, yeah. So jump onto the Discord if you're not already on Discord.gamesjobs.live. Chat to Vic, um, even if you don't manage to get on, um, or she gets overwhelmed by questions. Um, an email has just gone out with a link to all of the company's um, recruiting pages with all of the jobs they've got on offer, including universally speaking. So basically just follow up directly. The onus is on you now. You've heard from everyone. They've taken time out of their busy day to chat to you. You've got 20 minutes left to, to get in any last questions direct on the Discord. Otherwise, just apply directly. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing lots of you get jobs at universally speaking and all the other companies we've had today. Vic, that's been fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll um, see you another time. Take care. Thanks a lot. Great. Cheers. Okay, that is all we've got time for today. And I need to leave a little bit of time for everyone to follow up chatting to the companies without the distraction of the live stream going on. So do jump onto the Discord if you've just stumbled on the YouTube and you haven't made it on there yet. Um, if you have enjoyed this and um, want to keep tabs on future events, we sometimes run game jams and interviews as well as the recruitment events please be sure to um, like and uh, subscribe to the channel. Um, and remember to check out the website www.gamesjobs.live where you'll find an interactive job board and job map that have all of the current vacancies across the UK's games industry. It's about 2,800 jobs currently going at the moment. So you can explore them and filter them and zoom in on them to your heart's content. Um, um, and I'm hoping to hear of lots of people getting into the industry as a result of today. Um, so it just leaves me to say thank you again to all the companies that have taken time out to present today, to Blazing Griffin, to Creative Assembly, Into Games, Shark Mob, Rivet Games, and Universally Speaking. Thank you, you for tuning in. I hope this has been useful. Um, and I hope you get, get your applications off shortly. We'll see you again soon. Thanks. Bye.